0: Welcome to the Garden of Wellbeing podcast. We aim to plant the seeds of hope, nurturing you into growing and flourishing, which enables you to be the best version of yourself. Each of the episodes looks at an aspect of health and well-being from a scientific perspective, while using real-life situations and examples of how our host manages to continually develop a positive mindset. In this episode, Mickey talks about memories. The events of our past have a definitive structure to who we are today. However, if we can learn from the past, we can move on to a brighter future. Mickey talks about their experience of situations that happened around this time of the year and the darkness that was experienced. Hi there and welcome to the Gardener Wellbeing Podcast. My name is Mickey James and today we are taking a trip down memory lane. Memories can be particularly painful if you had a negative experience or you can use them as milestone markers just to see your level of progress and to enhance and cultivate your gratitude this is what i'm kind of doing now and i always refer to memories as the rear view mirror on the car i use them to check what's behind me to safeguard myself from any situations where I might get rear-ended if I braked too suddenly and the vehicle behind me couldn't stop. They're the kind of things that come up for me that uh, are part of my past, but they don't define my future. And memories are, as I say, they're milestones. They make me realize just how far I've come. And to that degree, It can also help you moving forwards, allow you to open your mindset a little more and to get rid of the baggage from your past in order to move forward with the present and the future. So, you know, there is nothing I can do to change anything within my past. I understand that from the outset. And very often I get accused of living too much in the past because I do take these trips down memory lane. October for me, is a particularly poignant poignant month because it's full of very, very evocative memories uh, right from 2005, 2006, and 2012, respectively, because, like, there were some very, very dark times in my life. In 2005 and 2006, I was entering a world of unfamiliar territory where Um, there was a lot of real deep and dark stuff happening to me so much so that I'm not going to be sharing this with you guys on this podcast because like it's painful enough for me to even think of let alone speak it out and um, you know to that degree I, I respect the whole thing and the whole boundaries thing because I don't want to take you guys on this journey with me but 2012 was pretty much as dark um, as that, but I talk about it very fondly because there was a great learning out of that, and 2012, I was actually in a state where I was homeless. Uh, both situations, I ended up being homeless and living rough. Um, but 2012 was more um, had more of an outcome than the other one. Let's just put it that way. And um, I found myself in a state after a a long conflict with my ex-landlord. I was in a very, very bad place financially. I was a very fearful person. Anxiety and fear were rife in my life. And, of course, my landlord had given me many opportunities, and he decided then, you know, he didn't want no more. He wanted his place back, and he wanted to start making some money. And he threw me out. Okay, I had a camper van parked on his drive that I had been living in for a number of months, but it was a way that I was thrown out. And there was items that were locked into that place I never seen again. Very, very expensive items that I kept in there. And uh, you know, I couldn't drive this camper at the time, but I had it towed out by a local farmer, and I was there going, "Well, can you put it onto your place?" And he goes, uh, "Not really." You know, uh, he realized it was going to be a burden, realized it was going to be a burden. And um, I started panicking. So what unfolded thereafter was I had applied to a number of people. I had viewed a number of properties and I was going to be renting from this one person. And I went across there on the Friday to pay down my deposit. And um, they weren't there. They live next door to the place where I was living and it was out the way and they weren't there. They weren't answering the phone. I phoned up a number of times thereafter and they refused to answer. And um, I had tried a number of rooms and they didn't want people like me in there because I had mentioned the word campervan. And, um, you know, there was a bit of a stigmatization to the to having a campervan at that time. Now it's hip and trend and everybody's on. everybody's out there doing it. Um, but there was more of a stigma around that time. So I went to the local authorities and I said to them, I said, well, I'm currently homeless. And they gave me the opportunity of a homeless shelter. This meant I had to give up my little dog and I absolutely refused. Um, I didn't want to burden anybody else for that pain in the the neck, but um, I persuaded them to put my address down as this camper van in this village. Um, in this lay-by and they did and my address was the white camper van in the lay-by in Bull Teens Village and I kind of jokingly mentioned this before when I was uh, leaving the UK when I bought the, the van um, but this is now my permanent address and uh, it was going to be seven months of I would say there was a lot of dark times there there was a lot of fear and paranoia there and um, to say the least was an understatement it really really was and i was still drinking at this particular time uh it was the middle of the october where i took my last drink and getting sober thereafter especially with that fear and paranoia was particularly dark now i'm going to say this now i walked into my local town the other day and i seen two people sat in doorways with their little signs out sat in their sleeping bags and their cups and everything else like that, begging. That is something I never did. So I can't go down that degree of saying, well, you know, I sat in doorways doing this, that and the other, because I was homeless. Um, I wasn't because I could go back and pick up my money pretty much on a weekly basis. The local shop where I went to was very, very good and allowed me a little credit. And I was normally paying that off and while I was drinking at the time and you know, I survived on on that very little bit of, of what I had. Um, what I did find that there were like real Christian people within that village. You'd see them going to mass two and three times a day and um, they were called Pillars of Society and they were anything but. They were anything but Christian. There was one woman who when she wasn't praying in mass, she was on the phone to the authorities about me. Um, I was doing this. I was doing that. I was doing the other. And it got to the stage where I would have absolute fear. Every time I went out through the door, I couldn't take my dog out. My dog had to literally pee in the camper van. And this is the way things were. Wasn't allowed to take the dog out because the dog was fouling in a public place. And they made my life very, very difficult. And, um, you know, even to this day, there is a level of animosity between them, not me, because I hold no, no animosity between anybody. So, you know, my life was made very, very difficult. And I was just a person who was lost, a person who just wanted somebody to put their hand out and say, you'll be okay. And it never come. I remember sitting there in my, my lounge in my camper and looking at the back corner of one of the display units. And I mean, this was a vehicle that I paid a lot of money for and I was looking around at how dirty it was. And I tried cleaning it up and everything else. I just didn't have the same feel. It just looked dirty all the time. And my mind kind of reflected back to when I did community radio and um, And I'll be honest now, I was never afforded that opportunity to invest in the the level I have today because I just didn't have the money. At the age of 25, I took on a massive responsibility with the added bonus of taking on somebody else's spent debt. So I was paying for a sum of money that I had never seen or spent. This other person had spent it, walked away from it, and got their own place. And I was left now to pick up the pieces of them. And I had very little money to live off. Very little money to live off. And I caused pride again. I tried to... And I finally broke there in 2006. I finally sold the place in 2006 and I rid myself of that burden. And to that degree, I will say this, I become a blacker sheep than I already was. I was already known as a black sheep in the family. And it's still evident to this day where I've got relatives that support my brother and won't even talk to me. And that is just the way it is. And I've got even got my own brother that won't talk to me because like he has his own issues going on there and his own animosity and his own, his own baggage to carry his own inventory. And we are told, look, polar opposites apart whereas i'm open-minded today this is somebody who still has the very childish ways that we grew up with and that is so evident in their actions and attitudes and like i can't take their inventory i can only take my own inventory so this is something I can only just say from my first-hand perspective. Um I have given this person the opportunity to vocalize their um their grievances with me on this podcast um and they've refused. Um I've offered them behind the scenes and they just just ignore you. Um so you know, I was in a position back then in 2012 where People didn't know where I was. My relatives didn't know where I was. They didn't know whether I was alive or dead. And that became apparent when I phoned up one of my aunties there a number of, a couple of years ago. And I kind of said this on a spur of the moment, I was sat outside of a cafe and uh, I phoned my, this auntie up and I went, how are you keeping? Because the last time I had phoned these people, they told me not to bother phoning back because I was a pathetic bragging little drunk i had taken the same kind of attitude as my own brother did when he moved to scotland he was bragging to everybody that he had moved to scotland and this that and the other and i was doing the same when i come to ireland and it i wasn't i wasn't a pleasant person i really wasn't um so all these evocative memories of my past were coming up and to the point where i realized today that i couldn't afford to live at that particular time when I had these memories. So what I was remembering was also very dark times. And, um, you know, I don't know what actually kept me going. I mean, when you get to that place where you put your head on a pillow at night and waking up in the morning can be painful and a bonus at the same time, you didn't die in your sleep. You know, um, you've gone for days and weeks without eating properly, you're only eating like packets of crisps and the odd sandwich here and there, because that's all you can afford. That becomes a very, very big learning curve. It really, really does. Um, My dog always had food. My dog always had the best of food and um, she never went without. I always made sure of that rather than me Um, because I had no regard for the person that I was back then. So, As October progressed on and I was in this situation, I remember going out one Thursday, picking up my money, and I was going to the local town to do some shopping. I had put a gas bottle, I had managed to buy a gas bottle to light the stove in my camper. And uh, I was going to buy some stuff to cook off. And uh, I made it to the local pub. I had one pint in there and I went on to the next village where my drinking became messy. Um, Lost my bike in the process. Can't remember where I was. I was in a deep blackout state and I ended up back in the first pub that I went into, which was across the way from me. And I said, you better call the guards, the cops, you know, and uh, your man refused. So I literally got the pint. There was a sink the other side of the, the counter and I poured the pint down the sink. I walked out. And when the cops poured up, I was broken and I was crying. I couldn't take no more of this. I wanted out. I literally wanted out. I had tried to end my life. I tried to hang myself, but it just wouldn't happen. And I was taken off as I always did, uh, into the psychiatric unit and, um, I remember there the next morning waking up with a nurse stood at the foot of my bed. This guy did all the the activities. He tried organising walks and things like that for us, and took us out on a day trip or little day trips and things like that. Um, and did exercise and meditation classes. Very, very good friend of mine today, and he stood at my bed shaking his head, and he's going, "What?" do we owe this pleasure this time? Because I was a regular in there. It was just one of those things. And I went, I have a problem with drink. I need to give up the drink. And he kind of took a step back and I went, I'm serious. I need to do this. I don't know why I did it. I don't know why I did it. So my last drink was taken on the 17th of October. It didn't change the situation that I was in. Didn't change the fact that I was in this beaten up old camper van and still homeless and still in fear and paranoia and i'll be honest the fear and the paranoia escalated even more in my early months of sobriety thereafter um i used to get people going to mass there every every saturday evening and i i look at them today and go you're a bunch of hypocrites i could say some very very uh expletive words I'll leave that to the imagination. But they were. They, they, there's these guys running to mass on a Saturday evening and literally not even giving you the second glance. You're down on your luck and everything else like that. So I mentioned the other day about walking into the local town and seeing these two guys sat in doorways begging. And I actually thought about what I could do to help them out and i actually thought that if they were genuine in their their cases of being homeless you know it would be nice to give them an opportunity to get back on their feet because it's so easy to look up, down on somebody when they're down it takes a lot of courage to extend your hand and say come with me i'll show you a better way i'll show you an easier but uh, uh, an easier way you know you know, you you've got a chance and that is the kind of thing that I want to do now within my my world going forwards is to be there, is to get this, this opportunity to save money and to set up a business that can give people a chance who have had very little. Um, I remember like the only opening that I had was the blessing with COVID. And I look at COVID as a blessing. I know other people would kind of argue that against me, but uh, I mean, I've met so many wonderful people throughout the world. I've grown and flourished as a person individually, and I've had the opportunity to start to fulfill all my dreams. The all I ever wanted to do back then, I remember, like I say, I remember having these memories of the way things were. And if you would have told me back in 2012, you'd be sat there nine years on holding an honors degree in health and social sciences, I wouldn't have believed you. And if you would have told me that I would have been presenting a podcast, I definitely wouldn't have believed you because I didn't do anything like that. Even when I had my own setup at home, I could never sit down and put a program together because I was just full of fear. I was full of mistrust and everything else like that. And I just literally could not afford, I, I had nothing to, to offer. I had absolutely nothing to offer. And um, today I have my experience, my strength and my hope. I have my wisdom. I have my my course and my knowledge through my degree of health and leisure. You know, and I'm in a totally different place to where I was back then. I mean, it was all very, very heavy negativity stuff. And to start seeing that things turned around from that moment, I admitted defeat. On the 18th of October, 2012, and it was only like 24 hours later that I come back to my little dog. And my little dog had been catered for by the local um, the local pound. They weren't going to take her in, but they would put food down for her and things like that. And, um, you know, it was absolutely fantastic the way that these guys stepped up and treated me. And yet I was talking to people after when I got my flat and everything else like that. And these are people that I spent time with in recovery. And they were there going, well, I would love to have taken you in and given you a bite to eat, but I didn't know how to do it. And I'm going, you just ask, you know. And these are people that I look at today and I see them struggling along with their recovery. Um, You have to go above and beyond to get the most out of this this whole opportunity and you know it's not easy by any any shape sense or form but it is worth it um and where i am today is in a place where there's still a lot of growth going on there's still a lot of development going on and it's kind of more difficult today because i can see both sides of the coin i can see the negative side of where i come from and I'm learning to live in this, this, this world of positivity, this world of open mindedness, this world of acceptance. Um, whereas my world up until that point in my whole life, until that point was just full of rejection and negativity. Like I say, I have relatives that won't speak to me that have refused to speak to me ever again. And um, I've always been considered the outcast. And I really, really took that on board. You know, it really, it was like a, a, a millstone around my neck. And I was sinking fast all the time. I was never given that opportunity. But now I found a group of people that have given me the opportunity. I mean, the place where I'm working now, I there's times I curse the hell out of them. And I had a meeting there with my, management team yesterday and it was a a really constructive meeting um i could have sat there and i could have gone into my mindset and gone in with a closed mindset and literally argued the toss and walked out and stamped my feet as i was walking out but I sat here yesterday morning and I was doing trying to record a few episodes and I was talking about this and I was talking about the whole memory lane type thing. I said, well, you know, I have to go in with an open mindset. And I did. And it was a constructive meeting. It was a very constructive meeting to the point where I need to learn. And I said, look, this is where I am currently at. And this is what I am currently doing going forward. And I've been very, very open and honest with them. And they've given me that space to breathe. And I remember people in the past shutting doors in my face because they couldn't handle me. They didn't know how to handle me. And like when I took this job on, I cried my eyes out because nobody had given me the opportunity in 13 years of my life 13 years of my life, I was unemployed and nobody would give me the opportunity. And I've seen people coming into recovery and they got in with little groups of people and they got jobs and, you know, gotta get you back on the employment thing and get you some money coming in. And I sat there absolutely frigging stone broke, you know, and people would get up and walk past me. And um, I have changed as a person through the 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 era of zoom and online platforms and things like that and i can't go back to these 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 in-person support meetings because you've got the same people there time after time and they are just so goddamn bloody negative and you just can't be dealing with that you really really can't um they tell the same stories they they provoke the same laughs and reactions from the same sick-minded people. And like, I'm not saying that as a put down. That is just my observation. It's what keeps them going. But my, my life and my recovery has absolutely exploded and flourished since. What I'm doing today with these podcasts and everything else like that is, it's beyond comprehension of my dreams, I'm doing my bits and pieces in a way of music. And like in recent times, I had a an email, a message come through there the other day on social media, tagging me in it saying, we've heard no new content from you. The other since, and I'm there going, um, no, that's it. Um, I'm kind of having a bit of a block at the moment and that's okay too, because like these guys are excited every time I put a dance show out and things like that, because I'm really, you know, I get into that zone and I've not been able to get into that zone for a while. And it's, it's kind of sad, but I'm getting back into it. You know, it's not gone away. It's not something that's gone away. And when COVID came about, I remember sitting at my computer And there was a little um, MIDI keyboard, a little 25-key MIDI keyboard I wanted to buy. I'd been on about buying it for years, and it was like 79 euros. And you're there going, well, that's not a lot. And then I seen a 15 euros postage on top. And I went, I can't afford that. And I was there going, I can't afford that, I can't afford that. And I just went, sod it, I'm buying it. First time in my bloody life I had treated myself to something that I had absolutely wanted in a long time. And, you know, it was amazing. It really was because what materialized and transpired afterwards was a whole world that was going to open up into this whole thing of where I am today today. The whole recording studio setup that I have where I am right now, it's absolutely fantastic. It really, really is fantastic. And um, you know, <sighs> there are bigger and better things to come. I am starting to believe in myself. I start to believe in myself as a person. And um, you know, I'm expressing myself through the power of creativity. Through the power of music, every one of the tracks I play has some link to the relevance within my life. It's all about having that upbeat performance today, and um, there's a lot of new challenges also on the horizon. Um, I remember there when I took on this this little keyboard, I I started learning on a platform called melodics and i'll give them a quick little plug there and this platform there you'd go on and you'd do five minutes practice every day to get a, a star and the more stars you got the better you got and you got these little little gifts and bonuses and i said i want to do 100 days and i remember saying this to my counselor i want to do 100 days on this melodics and i was 10 days in and i was about to throw it all in and i just kept putting one foot in front of the other and a subscription run out there. I got 375 continual days of practice, and I, I couldn't afford to re, rebuy the subscription, so I cancelled it. And I contacted them the other day, and I said to them, I said, you know, I want to resubscribe with you. Is Can you give me some sort of discount? And they went, yeah, no problem whatsoever. We'll give you a, instantly. We'll give you a, a nice big chunk of a discount to, to get you back in. And I'm there going, oh, God, I'm doing that at the end of this week. So I'm going to be getting back to my practice in the way music. And I'm going to be investing my time into this little area of my life, the station, the music and everything else like that, the DJ in. I'm going to be investing my time into doing that because I enjoy it. It's my little escape and outlook. And I'm going to be investing into courses that I'm going to be taking on, um, to improve now when all this came about i was talking to my wonderful brother and um all this stuff was coming out and he had bought himself a digital piano there about a year before that and i started saying about some of the 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 software that i was getting into there was a program there that i use for like editing and making beats and things like that and I had never used this before, and I got a free copy of it with this um, little keyboard I bought. So I'm kind of using it. My brother's there going, oh, what are you using? What are you using? I said to him, I said, well, it's a program that I'm making beats with, you know, and it's like really, really comprehensive that even I'm just trying to get into. Uh, well, I want to connect my thing to the computer and I said, well, you have a Mac. I said, use a program called GarageBand. I said, I don't have any kind of Apple equipment here. I can't use it. I said, no, I would be, that's what I'd be using. And he said, well, I don't know. I don't know. And he started whining at this. And I told him what I was using, this, this program called Ableton. And I had it on a free trial. And he got a copy of it. He got a copy of it. And it wouldn't surprise me if he actually bought it, but I, I know he got it on free trial. And he was there. Pestering me, and I was going, How do I operate this? I can operate this. I went, Well, that's the reason why I'm learning it. You know, I have a lot of time invested into this. Then the DJ decks come about. Oh, a friend of his was doing some DJing, and he wanted a set of decks, and it lasted about five minutes. I've had this set of decks for a year, and it was like opening up a new Christmas present. I hadn't had that sensation when I opened up that package my dj controller come through i was really excited this was now the next level of my life this was the 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 real piece de resistance i'm not going to do a piece de resistance the jewel in my crown and i've actually outgrown this set of decks because i want to move on to bigger and better things but like i was saying there the other day i want to get them to their full potential before I do move on. And it's something that I'm always going to keep in the station here. The other setup will be for out there on the road, doing mobile DJing and things like that, going into clubs and things like that. And these are the kind of things that I am now planning on doing, is going out and doing live gigs, taking Wild Atlantic Waves Media to the next level becoming a roadshow for parties and events and things like that, going to clubs and doing the dance stuff, getting my radio station set up, all these things I had dreamed of, I am now making a reality. And this all reminds me of where I am today, from where I come from back then in 2012, 2005 and 2006, respectively, And it was a thread of hope that I had back then that I clung on to that kept me going. And that hope was never, ever achievable because it never happened in my life. And that hope was to get where I am today. And by the miracle of COVID-19 and everything else like that, I am where I am and where I need to be today, you know. And going forwards, you know, it's not about the whole thing. Now, I was always struck on money. And, yes, it would be nice to make a few quid out of this. But having the, the gratification and the enjoyment, of enjoying what you're doing and loving what you're doing and being in that moment, being in that zone, getting that reaction from people is the ultimate secret weapon to this. It is... It is the crux of everything that what you always stem to achieve. And it is the thing that oh it's just that that auxiliarating energy that you get when you get a rise out of somebody, you know, or a rise out of a crowd really explodes into what you're doing. And the whole thing of getting there, everything I was talking to somebody the other day. Everything I do in a way, a DJ, and I can teach to somebody else. And a man turned around and says, I want you to teach me everything that you know. I goes, Well, that's impossible. I can teach you. I said, But everything that I do is done with passion and feeling. Everything I do is done through touch of fingers. So there's a bright future ahead of us. And no matter where you are on the scale, if you just keep putting one foot in front of the other and strive to reach those goals, you will reach them. Never give up on your dreams. Even if you're you're like, wants to be a famous pop star, you know, and you can't sing. Keep taking bloody singing lessons. Keep practicing. Keep practicing. You might not get to where you want to be but you're going to be the best version of you. You're going to be the best person you could ever strive to be. And this is where I'm at. And this is where I'm going to end off today is that whole thing of believing in yourself and being that best version you ever possibly can. So thank you very much for coming on this journey with me, taking the trip down memory lane and going back through those, those kind of times. And like, there is always a light at the end of the tunnel i used to say it was a freight train coming towards me but there is a light at the end of the tunnel and after all those years of struggling i am finally at that pinnacle where i can see the light and i can see the view from the other side and it is absolutely beautiful it can be very very strange at times to comprehend the whole world of positivity that's unfolding in front of me because I'm used to running in a parallel universe of negativity. It can be very, very difficult, but it's achievable. So like I say, thank you very much for coming on the journey with me. And I hope you do get something out of what I do with these podcasts. Let me know in the comment section, if there's a comment section below or let me know on our Facebook page, Wild Atlantic Ways Media. Drop me a message there or anything else like that. So thank you all very much for listening. Stay safe, look after yourself, and as always, have a nice day.